Chapter Twenty Nine of Monsieur Lecoq, Part Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Oliva. Monsieur Lecoq by Emile Gaboriau, Part Two, Chapter Twenty Nine the prospect of capturing lacheneur the chief conspirator excited the marquis de courtornieu so much that he had not been able to tear himself away from the citadel to return home to his dinner remaining near the entrance of the dark corridor leading to chanlouineau's cell he watched marianne depart but as he saw her go out into the twilight with a quick alert step he felt a sudden doubt of chanlouineau's sincerity can it be that this miserable peasant has deceived me he thought so strong was this suspicion that he hastened after her determined to question her to ascertain the truth to arrest her if necessary but he no longer possessed the agility of youth and when he reached the gateway the guard told him that mademoiselle lacheneur had already passed out he rushed out after her looked about on every side but could see no trace of her he re-entered the citadel furious with himself for his own credulity still i can visit chanlouineau thought he and to-morrow will be time enough to summon this creature and question her this creature was even then hastening up the long ill-paved street that led to the hotel de france regardless of self and of the curious gaze of a few passers-by she ran on thinking only of shortening the terrible anxiety which her friends at the hotel must be enduring all is not lost she exclaimed on re-entering the room my god thou hast heard my prayers murmured the baroness then suddenly seized by a horrible dread she added do not attempt to deceive me are you not trying to delude me with false hopes that would be cruel i am not deceiving you madame chanlouineau has given me a weapon which i hope and believe places the duc de sairmeuse in our power he is omnipotent in montaignac the only man who could oppose him monsieur de courtornieu is his friend i believe that monsieur d'escorval can be saved speak cried maurice what must we do pray and wait maurice i must act alone in this matter but be assured that i the cause of all your misfortune will leave nothing undone which is possible for mortal to do absorbed in the task which she had imposed upon herself marianne had failed to remark a stranger who had arrived during her absence an old white-haired peasant the abbe called her attention to him here is a courageous friend said he who since morning has been searching for you everywhere in order to give you news of your father marianne was so overcome that she could scarcely falter her gratitude oh you need not thank me answered the brave peasant i said to myself the poor girl must be terribly anxious i ought to relieve her of her misery so i came to tell you that monsieur lacheneur is safe and well except for a wound in the leg which causes him considerable suffering but which will be healed in two or three weeks my son-in-law who was hunting yesterday in the mountains met him near the frontier in company with two of his friends by this time he must be in piedmont beyond the reach of the gendarmes let us hope now said the abbe that we shall soon hear what has become of jean i know already monsieur responded marianne 
my brother has been badly wounded and he is now under the protection of kind friends she bowed her head almost crushed beneath her burden of sorrow but soon rallying she exclaimed what am i doing what right have i to think of my friends when upon my promptness and upon my courage depends the life of an innocent man compromised by them maurice the abbe and the officers surrounded the brave young girl they wished to know what she was about to attempt and to dissuade her from incurring useless danger she refused to reply to their pressing questions they wished to accompany her or at least to follow her at a distance but she declared that she must go alone i will return in less than two hours and then we can decide what must be done said she as she hastened away to obtain an audience with the duc de sairmeuse was certainly a difficult matter maurice and the abbe had proved that only too well the previous day besieged by weeping and heartbroken families he shut himself up securely fearing perhaps that he might be moved by their entreaties marianne knew this but it did not alarm her chanlouineau had given her a word the same which he had used and this word was a key which would unlock the most firmly and obstinately locked doors in the vestibule of the house occupied by the duc de sairmeuse three or four valets stood talking i am the daughter of monsieur lacheneur said marianne addressing one of them i must speak to the duke at once on matters connected with the revolt the duke is absent i came to make a revelation the servant's manner suddenly changed in that case follow me mademoiselle she followed him up the stairs and through two or three rooms at last he opened a door saying enter she went in it was not the duc de sairmeuse who was in the room but his son martial stretched upon a sofa he was reading a paper by the light of a large candelabra on seeing marianne he sprang up as pale and agitated as if the door had given passage to a spectre you he stammered but he quickly mastered his emotion and in a second his quick mind revolved all the possibilities that might have produced this visit lacheneur has been arrested he exclaimed and you wishing to save him from the fate which the military commission will pronounce upon him have thought of me thank you dearest marianne thank you for your confidence i will not abuse it let your heart be reassured we will save your father i promise you i swear it how i do not yet know but what does that matter it is enough that he shall be saved i will have it so his voice betrayed the intense passion and joy that was surging in his heart my father has not been arrested said marianne coldly then said martial with some hesitation then it is jean who is a prisoner my brother is in safety if he survives his wounds he will escape all attempts at capture from white the marquis de sairmeuse had turned as red as fire by marianne's manner he saw that she knew of the duel he made no attempt to deny it but he tried to excuse himself it was jean who challenged me said he i tried to avoid it i only defended my own life in fair combat and with equal weapons marianne interrupted him i reproach you for nothing monsieur le marquis she said quietly ah marianne i am more severe than you jean was right to challenge me i deserved his anger he knew the baseness of which i had been guilty but you you were ignorant of it oh marianne if i wronged you in thought it was because i did not 
not know you now i know that you above all others are pure and chaste he tried to take her hands she repulsed him with horror and broke into a fit of passionate sobbing of all the blows she had received this last was most terrible and overwhelming what humiliation and shame now indeed was her cup of sorrow filled to overflowing chaste and pure he had said oh bitter mockery but martial misunderstood the meaning of the poor girl's gesture oh i comprehend your indignation he resumed with growing eagerness but if i have injured you even in thought i now offer you reparation i have been a fool a miserable fool for i love you i love and can love you only i am the marquis de sairmeuse i am the possessor of millions i entreat you i implore you to be my wife marianne listened in utter bewilderment vertigo seized her even reason seemed to totter upon its throne but now it had been chanlouineau who in his prison cell cried that he died for love of her now it was martial who avowed his willingness to sacrifice his ambition and his future for her sake and the poor peasant condemned to death and the son of the all-powerful duc de sairmeuse had avowed their passion in almost the very same words martial paused awaiting some response a word a gesture but marianne remained mute motionless frozen you are silent he cried with increased vehemence do you question my sincerity no it is impossible then why this silence do you fear my father's opposition you need not i know how to gain his consent besides what does his approbation matter to us have we any need of him am i not my own master am i not rich immensely rich i should be a miserable fool a coward if i hesitated between his stupid prejudices and the happiness of my life he was evidently obliging himself to weigh all the possible objections in order to answer them and overrule them is it on account of your family that you hesitate he continued your father and brother are pursued and france is closed against them very well we will leave france and they shall come and live near you jean will no longer dislike me when you are my wife we will all live in england or in italy now i am grateful for the fortune that will enable me to make life a continual enchantment for you i love you and in the happiness and tender love which shall be yours in the future i will compel you to forget all the bitterness of the past marianne knew the marquis de sairmeuse well enough to understand the intensity of the love revealed by these astounding propositions and for that very reason she hesitated to tell him that he had won this triumph over his pride in vain she was anxiously wondering to what extremity his wounded vanity would carry him and if a refusal would not transform him into a bitter enemy why do you not answer asked martial with evident anxiety she felt that she must reply that she must speak say something but she could not unclose her lips i am only a poor girl monsieur de marquis she murmured at last if i accepted your offer you would regret it continually never but you are no longer free you have already plighted your troth mademoiselle blanche de coutomieux is your promised wife ah say one word only one and this engagement which i detest is broken she was silent it was evident that her mind was fully made up and that she refused his offer do you hate me then asked martial sadly if she had allowed herself to tell the whole truth marianne would have answered yes the marquis de sairmeuse did inspire her with an almost insurmountable aversion 
i no more belong to myself than you belong to yourself monsieur she faltered a gleam of hatred quickly extinguished shone in martial's eye always maurice said he always she expected an angry outburst but he remained perfectly calm then said he with a forced smile i must believe this and other evidence i must believe that you have forced me to play a most ridiculous part until now i doubted it the poor girl bowed her head crimsoning with shame to the roots of her hair but she made no attempt at denial i was not my own mistress she stammered my father commanded and threatened and i i obeyed him that matters little he interrupted your role has not been that which a pure young girl should play it was the only reproach he had uttered and still he regretted it perhaps because he did not wish her to know how deeply he was wounded perhaps because as he afterward declared he could not overcome his love for marianne now he resumed i understand your presence here you come to ask mercy for monsieur d'escorval not mercy but justice the baron is innocent martial approached marianne and lowering his voice if the father is innocent he whispered then it is the son who is guilty she recoiled in terror he knew the secret which the judges could not or would not penetrate but seeing her anguish he had pity another reason said he for attempting to save the baron his blood shed upon the guillotine would form an impassable gulf between maurice and you i will join my efforts to yours blushing and embarrassed marianne dared not thank him how was she about to reward his generosity by vilely traducing him ah she would infinitely have preferred to see him angry and revengeful just then a valet opened the door and the duc de sairmeuse still in full uniform entered upon my word he exclaimed as he crossed the threshold i must confess that chupin is an admirable hunter thanks to him he paused abruptly he had not perceived marianne until now the daughter of that scoundrel lacheneur said he with an air of the utmost surprise what does she desire here the decisive moment had come the life of the baron hung upon marianne's courage and address the consciousness of the terrible responsibility devolving upon her restored her self-control and calmness as if by magic i have a revelation to sell to you monsieur she said resolutely the duke regarded her with mingled wonder and curiosity then laughing heartily he threw himself upon a sofa exclaiming sell it my pretty one sell it i cannot speak until i am alone with you at a sign from his father martial left the room you can speak now said the duke she did not lose a second you must have read monsieur she began the circular convening the conspirators certainly i have a dozen copies in my pocket by whom do you suppose it was written by the elder d'escorval or by your father you are mistaken monsieur that letter was the work of the marquis de sermeuse your son the duke sprang up fire flashing from his eyes his face purple with anger zounds girl i advise you to bridle your tongue the proof of what i have asserted exists silence you hussy or the lady who sends me here monsieur possesses the original of this circular written by the hand of monsieur martial and i am obliged to tell you 
she did not have the opportunity to complete the sentence the duke sprang to the door and in a voice of thunder called his son as soon as martial entered the room repeat said the duke repeat before my son what you have just said to me boldly with head erect and clear firm voice marianne repeated her accusation she expected on the part of the marquis an indignant denial cruel reproaches or an angry explanation not a word he listened with a nonchalant air and she almost believed she could read in his eyes an encouragement to proceed and a promise of protection when she had concluded well demanded the duke imperiously first replied martial lightly i would like to see this famous circular the duke handed him a copy here read it martial glanced over it laughed heartily and exclaimed a clever trick what do you say i say that this chanlouineau is a sly rascal who the devil would have thought the fellow so cunning to see his honest face another lesson to teach one not to trust to appearances in all his life the duc de sairmeuse had never received so severe a shock chanlouineau was not lying then he said to his son in a choked unnatural voice you were one of the instigators of this rebellion then martial's face grew dark and in a tone of disdainful hauteur he replied this is the fourth time sir that you have addressed that question to me and for the fourth time i answer no that should suffice if the fancy had seized me for taking part in this movement i should frankly confess it what possible reason could i have for concealing anything from you the facts interrupted the duke in a frenzy of passion the facts very well rejoined martial in his usual indifferent tone the fact is that the model of this circular does exist that it was written in my best hand on a very large sheet of very poor paper i recollect that in trying to find appropriate expressions i erased and rewrote several words did i date this writing i think i did but i could not swear to it how do you reconcile this with your denials exclaimed m de sairmeuse i can do this easily did i not tell you just now that chanlouineau had made a tool of me the duke no longer knew what to believe but what exasperated him more than all else was his son's imperturbable tranquillity confess rather that you have been led to this filth by your mistress he retorted pointing to marianne but this insult martial would not tolerate mademoiselle lacheneur is not my mistress he replied in a tone so imperious that it was a menace it is true however that it rests only with her to decide whether she will be the marquise de sairmeuse to-morrow let us abandon these recriminations they do not further the progress of our business the faint glimmer of reason which still lighted m de sairmeuse's mind checked the still more insulting reply that rose to his lips trembling with suppressed rage he made the circuit of the room several times and finally paused before marianne who remained in the same place as motionless as a statue come my good girl said he give me the writing it is not in my possession sir where is it in the hands of a certain person who will give it to you only under certain conditions who is this person i am not at liberty to tell you there was both admiration and jealousy in the look that martial fixed upon marianne he was amazed by her coolness and presence of mind ah how powerful must be the passion that imparted such a ringing clearness to her voice 
such brilliancy to her eyes such precision to her responses and if i should not accept the the conditions which are imposed what then asked m de sairmeuse in that case the writing will be utilized what do you mean by that i mean sir that early to-morrow morning a trusty messenger will start for paris charged with the task of submitting this document to the eyes of certain persons who are not exactly friends of yours he will show it to monsieur laine for example or to the duc de richelieu and he will of course explain to them its significance and its value will this writing prove the complicity of the marquis de sairmeuse yes or no have you or have you not dared to try to condemn to death the unfortunate men who were only the tools of your son a wretch hussy viper interrupted the duke he was beside himself a foam gathered upon his lips his eyes seemed starting from their sockets he was no longer conscious of what he was saying this he exclaimed with wild gestures is enough to appall me yes i have bitter enemies envious rivals who would give their right hand for this execrable letter ah if they obtain it they will demand an investigation and then farewell to the rewards due my services it will be shouted from the housetops that chandrinot in the presence of the tribunal declared you marquis his leader and his accomplice you will be obliged to submit to the scrutiny of physicians who seeing a freshly healed wound will require you to tell where you received it and why you concealed it of what shall i not be accused they will say that i expedited matters in order to silence the voices that had been raised against my son perhaps they will even say that i secretly favoured the insurrection i shall be vilified in the journals and who has thus ruined the fortunes of our house that promised so brilliantly you you alone marquis you believe in nothing you doubt everything you are cold sceptical disdainful blasé but a pretty woman makes her appearance on the scene you go wild like a schoolboy and are ready to commit any act of folly it is you who i am addressing marquis do you hear me speak what have you to say martial had listened to this tirade with unconcealed scorn and without even attempting to interrupt it now he responded slowly i think sir if mademoiselle lacheneur had any doubts of the value of the document she possesses she has them no longer this response fell upon the duke's wrath like a bucket of ice-water he instantly comprehended his folly and frightened by his own words he stood stupefied with astonishment without deigning to add another word the marquis turned to marianne will you be so kind as to explain what is required of my father in exchange for this letter the life and liberty of monsieur d'escorval the duke started as if he had received an electric shock ah oh, he exclaimed i knew they would ask something that was impossible he sank back in his armchair a profound despair succeeded his frenzy he buried his face in his hands evidently seeking some expedient why did you not come to me before judgment was pronounced he murmured then i could have done anything now my hands are bound the commission is spoken the judgment must be executed he rose 
and in the tone of a man who is resigned to anything he said decidedly i should risk more in attempting to save the baron in his anxiety he gave m d'escorval his title a thousand times more than i have to fear from my enemies so mademoiselle he no longer said my good girl you can utilize your document the duke was about leaving the room but martial detained him by a gesture think again before you decide our situation is not without a precedent a few months ago the count de la valette was condemned to death the king wished to pardon him but his ministers and friends opposed it though the king was master what did he do he seemed to be deaf to all the supplications made in the prisoner's behalf the scaffold was erected and yet la valette was saved and no one was compromised yes a jailer lost his position he is living on his income now marianne caught eagerly at the idea so cleverly presented by martial yes she exclaimed the count de la valette protected by royal connivance succeeded in making his escape the simplicity of the expedient the authority of the example seemed to make a vivid impression upon the duke he was silent for a moment and marianne fancied she saw an expression of relief steal over his face such an attempt would be very hazardous he murmured yet with care and if one were sure that the secret would be kept oh the secret will be religiously preserved monsieur interrupted marianne with a glance martial recommended silence then turning to his father he said one can always consider an expedient and calculate the consequences that does not bind one when is this sentence to be carried into execution to-morrow responded the duke but even this terrible response did not cause marianne any alarm the duke's anxiety and terror had taught her how much reason she had to hope and she saw that martial had openly espoused her cause we have then only the night before us resumed the marquis fortunately it is only half-past seven and until ten o'clock my father can visit the citadel without exciting the slightest suspicion he paused suddenly his eyes in which had shone almost absolute confidence became gloomy he had just discovered an unexpected and as it seemed to him almost insurmountable difficulty <sighs> have we any intelligent men in the citadel he murmured the assistance of a jailer or of a soldier is indispensable he turned to his father and brusquely asked have you any man in whom you can confide i have three or four spies they can be bought no the wretch who betrays his comrade for a few sous will betray you for a few louis we must have an honest man who sympathizes with the opinions of baron d'escorval an old soldier who fought under napoleon if possible a sudden inspiration visited marianne's mind i know the man that you require she cried you yes i at the citadel take care remember that he must risk much if this should be discovered those who take part in it will be sacrificed he of whom i speak is the man you need i will be responsible for him and he is a soldier he is only an humble corporal but the nobility of his nature entitles him to the highest rank believe me we can safely confide in him if she spoke thus she who would willingly have given her life for the baron's salvation she must be absolutely certain so thought martial i will confer with this man said he what is his name he is called bavois and he is a corporal in the first company of grenadiers bavois repeated martial as if to fix the name in his memory 
bavois my father will find some pretext for desiring him summoned it is easy to find a pretext he was the brave soldier left on guard at escorval after the troops left the house this promises well said martial he had risen and gone to the fireplace in order to be nearer his father i suppose he continued the baron has been separated from the other prisoners yes he is alone in a large and very comfortable room where is it on the second story of the corner tower but martial who was not so well acquainted with the citadel as his father was obliged to reflect a moment the corner tower said he is not that the tall tower which one sees from a distance and which is built on a spot where the rock is almost perpendicular precisely by the promptness monsieur de sairmeuse displayed in replying it was easy to see that he was ready to risk a good deal to effect the prisoner's deliverance what kind of window is that in the baron's room inquired martial it is quite large and furnished with a double row of iron bars securely fastened into the stone walls it is easy enough to cut these bars on which side does this window look on the country that is to say it overlooks the precipice the devil that is a serious difficulty and yet in one respect it is an advantage for they station no sentinels there do they never between the citadel wall and the edge of the precipice there is barely standing room the soldiers do not venture there even in the daytime there is only one more important question what is the distance from monsieur d'escorval's window to the ground it is about forty feet from the base of the tower good and from the base of the tower to the foot of the precipice how far is that really i scarcely know sixty feet at least i should think ah that is high terribly high the baron fortunately is still agile and vigorous the duke began to be impatient now said he to his son will you be so kind as to explain your plan martial had gradually resumed the careless tone which always exasperated his father he is sure of success thought marianne my plan is simplicity itself replied martial sixty and forty are one hundred it is necessary to procure one hundred feet of strong rope it will make a very large bundle but no matter i will twist it around me envelop myself in a large cloak and accompany you to the citadel you will send for corporal bavois you will leave me alone with him in a quiet place i will explain our wishes Monsieur de sairmeuse shrugged his shoulders and how will you procure a hundred feet of rope at this hour in montaignac will you go about from shop to shop you might as well trumpet your project at once i shall attempt nothing of the kind what i cannot do the friends of the escorval family will do the duke was about to offer some new objection when his son interrupted him pray do not forget the danger that threatens us he said earnestly nor the little time that has left us i have committed a fault leave me to repair it and turning to marianne you may consider the baron saved he pursued but it is necessary for me to confer with one of his friends return at once to the hotel de france and tell the cure to meet me on the place d'armes where i go to await him End of chapter 29 Recording by Tony Oliva, Albuquerque